You're listening to Word and Spirit with Pastor James Beauvais of Calvary Anaheim. To find out more, go to calvaryanaheim.org. And now, here's Pastor James. We're in 1 Samuel chapter 3. You remember that we've studied about Samuel's miraculous birth and how Hannah uh, was infertile and barren, as they call it in the Bible, but cried out to the Lord, and God answered her prayer and miraculously granted her conception. She consecrated Samuel to the Lord and said, Samuel belongs to you, God. If you give me a child, I will give him back to you. She did. He is being raised up in the tabernacle amongst Eli and the priests. And he's growing in stature and in favor with God and with men. Now we remember in the last chapter that Eli had some sons who were corrupt because they didn't know God. And because they didn't know God, they gave themselves over to the flesh. They were pilfering the Lord's portion of the sacrifices so that the people abhorred the sacrifices of God. They were using their power and their position and their popularity to seduce the young women under their influence. And God was not well pleased with this and he sent a man of God to speak to Eli and say, Eli, I hold you accountable for the actions of your sons and these priests that are under your care as high priest, I hold you accountable. And that prophet, you know, gave that prophecy against Eli and against his household. And so that's where we are now here, uh, getting into 1 Samuel chapter 3. And it says in verse 1, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. So Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. It's interesting as we look in the Bible, we see other people that are called as they're ministering to the Lord. You see, as we commit ourselves to the Lord and to his ministry, we hear from him. As we say, my life belongs to you, God. I'm consecrated to you, Lord. And he will speak. He will speak. He honors those who, what? honor him. Now notice it says here, the second part of verse one, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. There was a spiritual famine for the people. Remember that this is the time of judges, and I think I've been saying this about every week. There was no king, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes, whatever they thought was best. And so as a result, they made bad choices, wrong decisions. And we see that throughout the book of Judges and we see it continuing with Eli and with his sons. And so God's not speaking, God's quiet, God's just grieved. But you see, all that's gonna change as he raises up Samuel to be a prophet, someone who gets revelation from God, someone who gets a word from God 
and then shares it with the people. And so it says here in verse 2, And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down. And so here in this story, we get the setting that is set, right, for us. We see that Eli is now very old. He's lying down in his place. His eyes are, are, are growing dim. He's, he's losing his vision. It's the nighttime. The lamp of God is, is in the tabernacle, flickering. You picture the flames flickering in there. And, um, you know, it says before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, meaning it's before dawn, so it's the middle of the night, uh, where the ark of God was and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel. So as he was laying there, you know, this is a serendipitous, right? A, A surprise appearance or interjection of God into Samuel's life. It's just another ordinary day for Samuel. Well, serve the Lord today, did my thing. He's probably around 12 years old, they, they say. But the Bible doesn't say specifically, young boy. And he's going to bed at night. And unbeknownst to him, even when God is quiet with the rest of the people, and there's no widespread revelation, he's about to hear from God Almighty. And so it says in verse 4 that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here am I. So he ran to Eli and said, Here am I, or here I am, for you called me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. So Samuel audibly heard a voice. Or the voice in his head was so clear that he thought it was audible. But at any rate, he thought Eli was calling him. And so he gets up and runs thinking, you know, maybe Eli needs help. After all, he's practically blind. Maybe he tripped, whatever. And he's going, he's just being a a good servant to Eli, serving the Lord by serving Eli. And Eli says, hey, I didn't call you. Must have been a dream, whatever he was thinking, and sends him back to lay down. Verse 6, then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. Notice the exclamation. So, you know, if he was drifting off to sleep, ah, he's suddenly awoken. What's that? What's going on with Eli? So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. So since he didn't know the Lord and he had never heard the voice of the Lord before, he didn't recognize God's voice when he heard it. He wasn't anticipating that God would talk to him. He wasn't expecting it. He wasn't even listening for God. And so when God spoke, He had no clue that it would have possibly been God. We want to be careful in our lives to anticipate that God wants to speak to us. 
You see, relationship is based on communication. Without communication, there's no relationship. And so God wants to have relationship with us. He created us for relationship. We are created in his image so that we can have intimacy with him. We can have fellowship with him. And if we are not expecting that God will ever speak to us, I wonder about the relationship and the closeness with God. He wants to hear from us. He wants us to pray to him. And he wants to speak to us. In fact, we see that all through the Bible, is that God is desirous to communicate to people. He wants to communicate about himself. He wants to say, this is who I am. And then he wants to say, this is how much I love you. And there's so much he wants to say about himself and about how we can relate to him. And so we see him speaking in all kinds of different ways. And we'll talk about that more as we go along. But here Samuel was not expecting it, didn't know the Lord yet, and this was his first time hearing from God. But he had a mentor that could finally recognize, oh, I know what this is, and give him some instruction and direction. And so it says in verse 8, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. The third time. Isn't God gracious and good? He keeps speaking. He keeps speaking until Samuel gets it. And God will keep speaking in our lives until we get it. I have found that when God wants to communicate with me, he has no problem doing so. <laughs> when he wants me to get a message, and I agonize, am I doing the right thing? Oh, Lord. Am I gonna do when God says, I want you to hear this, he makes me hear it. And I'm so thankful for it. It's given me such peace, friends. I can give you testimony after testimony, but I tell you one that's kind of a negative testimony towards me and a positive testimony towards the Lord. Christy and I had gotten into a, an argument. I don't know if you remember this, but we were in Colorado, and, and I, w I probably had pizza and cake. I'll blame it on that. And, um, you know, I just wasn't being a, a very nice guy. And, and I just, I, I thought, I just have to get out of here. But she was scared, you know, because I was so riled up. And so I just went out the door, and I went, you know, I was going to the park, just, you know, I'm going to go cool down. But I knew that she had fear about me going off and leaving and being angry and, and all of that. And so it wasn't, I wasn't being loving. And I tell you that the absolute honest truth from God, even in the midst of all my anger and everything, his voice came so clear in my head, go back. And I was like, okay, Lord, <laughs> is it that important? Yes, it is. It's that important. And so I went back and I apologized and uh, realized this, you know, th this was really important to the Lord and to my wife. And if you knew the whole situation, I don't have time to get all into it, you would understand too the fear and everything that was there. But God spoke. He got through my thick, angry, impassioned head 
and he spoke. It's very, very comforting that God can do that if we're listening, if we're in relationship with him. We'll recognize his voice. And so God is persistent here and says three times, Samuel, Samuel. Verse eight, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived, finally Eli, that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, go lie down. So Eli's realizing this is the Lord speaking to Samuel. And he tells him to go and lie down. Go be available to listen to the Lord. There's a lesson for us there. Let's open our ears. Jesus says in Revelation, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let's have ears to hear. Let's be listeners. Let's understand that God is alive and that part of having a relationship with him means hearing his voice, hearing what he has to say. Pursuing God, pursuing his presence, wanting to be with him means hearing his voice and what it is he has to say. And so go lie down and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. I love this because he says, look, if if he calls you, make sure you respond. (laughs) Don't just sit there quietly, but say, okay, Lord, speak. He calls him, you know, call him Lord because that's who God is. For your servant hears, respond in humility as a humble servant. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. In verse 10, now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. Samuel is recognizing who he is in light of who God is by calling himself a servant. I understand that you're the boss and I'm acknowledging that I'm the servant and therefore I am in a proper place to hear your voice, to hear your instruction, to hear your direction, to hear just the information that you want to give to me, Lord. And we too need to be in that humble place as we come to listen to the voice of God. And isn't that why you're here tonight? It is why we should all be here. Is yes, to be with one another, to have society, to have fellowship with other believers. But don't we together collectively want to hear the voice of God and say, God, what is your message for me? What is it that you have to say? Speak, Lord. I'm your servant. I'm your servant. And so he answers in this humble manner. In verse 11, it says, Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. You know, God doesn't pull any punches. God just speaks the truth. 
He is love and therefore what he says is in love. But he is not going to give Samuel any misconceptions, right? He's, he's not saying, well, Samuel, you're 12, so my first message to you is going to be, you know, rainbows and flowers, <laughs> lollipops and candy or whatever. You, you understand what I'm saying? But he gets right into the heavy stuff with Samuel. And the prophets would call the word of God the burden of the Lord because sometimes God says, do this, do that, or say this, or say that to other people, and it's a burden on us. Like, oh, really, Lord? That's going to offend them. That's going to hurt them. That's going to whatever. And so we can be reluctant to do it. Eli was reluctant, wasn't he? He was reluctant to chastise his own children. And so now God's going to come here to Samuel and give him a, a difficult thing. The, the people's ears will tingle. What does that mean, that their ears will tingle? Well, it's only used three times in the Bible, this phrase, and it's always used as a reaction to news of impending calamity. Like a foreign power is going to come in and take you over and you're all going to get butchered. And when they hear it, their ears are going to tingle. I'm not sure exactly what that means, <laughs> but you know, maybe you've gotten such bad news that you're, you could hear the blood pulsing in your ears or something, but it means that the news is going to be bad and it's going to be difficult. And so in verse 12, it says, in that day, I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows. You see, and this is why he's getting judged, because he knows that what his sons were doing was wrong, and he would not act against them or restrain them, as it says here. It says in the middle here of verse 13, because his sons made themselves vile, and he did not restrain them, and therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by sacrifice or offering forever. Whoa, those are some really heavy words. And what that tells me is Hophni and Phinehas, I hate to say it, but it's very unlikely that we will meet them in heaven. If there's no sacrifice that will atone for their sins, they died in their sin. Verse 15, so Samuel lay down until morning and opened the doors. Notice it doesn't say he slept. I doubt that Samuel got any sleep that night after hearing the voice of God and hearing what it is that God had to say and knowing I have to wake up and face Eli in the morning. What am I going to do? Maybe I should run away. <laughs> you know? Maybe I shouldn't tell him. Maybe I should lie. Maybe I should tell him that God said something real good and great, you know. He said, oh, Eli, you're doing a great job. Keep it up there, you know. But at any rate, he gets up in the morning. It says, um, he, it says here in verse 15, Samuel lay down until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord, and Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. 16, then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son, he answered, here I am. And he said, what is the word that the Lord spoke to you? 
Please do not hide it from me. God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all the things he said to you. It seems like Eli is aware that the message was against him and wasn't positive. The Lord do so to you and more if you don't tell me everything God said. I want to know what God said. You know, Samuel's going to go on here, but some quick application for us is sometimes we don't want to deliver the whole message of the gospel to people. We just want to tell them how much God loves them, that Jesus died for their sins, that they can be forgiven and go to heaven. And if they reject, we just want to stop there and not tell them, well, there's hell and it's forever. And as much as I don't, you know, I, I, mean, I don't know about you guys, but when I, I look at my own sin in my own life and I go, man, I'm not going to suffer forever. I get to go to heaven. And it's hard to understand sometimes that unbelievers, you know, who don't seem that much worse than me, some of them, some of them seem better than me, to tell you the truth, in their behavior. And yet that doesn't matter because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And we're all damned to hell without Jesus Christ and without his atoning sacrifice. And so we have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in the sharing of the gospel. Sometimes God wants us to be gentle. We're one link in a long chain of people that that person will interact with. And we, we share according to our personalities. But then there's those times the Holy Spirit's going to be pricking your heart and saying, you have a truth here that is a hard truth that is difficult to share, but you need to share it and not hide anything from them of all the things that God has said. Say the hard things as God would prompt you. Why? because it's what's going to bring them to repentance. That's why. Because you love them, not because you want to go out and hurt people and tell them they're all going to hell, but because this is a truth and you have the remedy. You have the antidote, the cure to the disease. And God says, share it. Well, they don't even know they have a disease. Well, you got to start there then. I know you don't think you have a disease, but you do. <laughs> and then as they realize and, and come to the conclusion that they have a disease, you share the antidote. And so the hard news is telling them about the disease and that it will kill them. And then the good news, that's why we call it the gospel, it's the good news, is here's the antidote, here's the solution. All right, so... This is what Eli wants from Samuel, is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And so it says in verse 18, then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. Good job, Samuel. You delivered the word of God. You're a prophet now. You see, because someone who hears the word of God but never delivers it to anybody, there's no prophetic ministry happening there. But Samuel heard the word of God and now has delivered it. 
And this would not be the first difficult message that Samuel will have to deliver to people. If you fast forward in your mind to what you know of King Saul and the word that Samuel has to give to him. And so he's going to be faithful to this call from his early childhood years. Faithful to deliver the message that God gives, whether it's a pleasant message. Hey, you're going to be the next king. Woohoo! Or a difficult message hey, you're going to be deposed from your leadership position. You've been listening to Word and Spirit with Pastor James Beauvais of Calvary Anaheim in Anaheim, California. If you're in the area, we'd love for you to visit. Check out calvaryanaheim.org for location, service times, and more. We'd love to hear from you to let us know how God has touched your life through this program or to submit a prayer request, simply go to calvaryanaheim.org and scroll down to the Get In Touch form at the bottom of the homepage. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to listen again next time for another edition of Word and Spirit with Pastor James Beauvais. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Anaheim. Hey everybody, this is Pastor James. We want to take advantage of the Christmas season to get the gospel out and see people get closer to Jesus. This is why we are partnering with Village Bible Church in Garden Grove to bring you a living nativity. The gymnasium at Village Bible Church will be transformed into the little town of Bethlehem. Travel back in time. Take a tour as you immerse yourself into the daily activities of Bethlehem and experience the story of Christmas like never before. This free event is Saturday, December 17th and Sunday, December 18th, anytime between 4 and 9 p.m. So mark your calendar, make some plans with your family, and don't miss this impactful Christmas experience. To learn more, go to villagebible.com forward slash living nativity. That's villagebible.com forward slash living nativity.